0: I'm Brandon Rakowski, and I watched Creepshow Season 2, so you don't have to. With me today is Zach, and over at the tech table, we've got Mark and Colin. Welcome to the Nightmares Podcast. Is is
1: this just going to be, is this going to start becoming a consistent thing where it's just like, I watched something Stephen King related, so you don't have to suffer through the same shit I
0: did? moving on um <laughs> though there is nothing stephen king related in this season
1: well based off at well, least no, <clears throat> not actually not even not even it's out, just the ip
0: yeah at least nothing too in your face about it because i, I could have sworn they said they were going to adapt another stephen king story for this season but that was a lie um <laughs> yeah so creep show season two um Creepshow is, of course, the 1982 movie written by Stephen King, directed by George A. Romero. Um, a couple of the stories were based on Stephen King's short stories and then Creepshow Season 2 also based on Stephen King's stories. So it's having that Stephen King voice has always been sort of like a Creepshow staple. Um, season 1, back in 2019, adapted the King story, Grey Matter, for the pilot. And they actually did a pretty good job. Um... But yeah, season one was six episodes, two stories per episode, so that's 12 stories. And eight of those 12 stories were adaptations of short stories. hmm This season, season two, five episodes, nine stories, and nine for nine, all original stories. And I feel that was kind of a detriment to the season. Well, I've only seen a few of them, but... Yeah, you've seen the first two episodes of this season, so you've seen four of the nine stories. Yeah. Um... The season started out really fun. And, I, and actually, something, something to note before we start talking with the stories is production of this season... Um, was hindered by COVID. Yes. like I believe it was literally the day before... They were either one day into filming or is the day right before they started filming. Oh,
1: this wasn't halfway? No. Oh, I don't, I don't know why. I thought it was at the halfway If they on.
0: had started, it was only like one day. Okay. But um I'm pretty sure they shut down for covid literally the day before holy shit um so with the exception of maybe one day um everything we watched was post covid okay um and there's really no way of us knowing unless they put out some filmmaker commentaries or interviews that i'm not aware of at this point um, which they did that for the first season, right? Yeah, the first season does have filmmaker's commentaries on it, which I still need to listen to, and I want to listen to, because I really loved that first season.
1: Well, if they did it for the first season, they'll probably do it for the second season. Hopefully. Yeah.
0: Um, so this season, we're back to similar format, um, except we're down an episode. Instead of six, we have five episodes, and the season finale is just one story instead of the usual two. Interesting story on how that came to be, too, but we'll just briefly breeze by that when we get to it. Yep. Um, So the first episode of the season was actually really good. It was all right. Uh, Two very solid stories. Yeah. Um, A little too horror, fanatical, referential... for my taste but they were very fun stories the
1: first one the second story was definitely the highlight in my opinion the first story was
0: just kind of okay first first story I enjoyed quite a bit um, it's about this kid whose mother passes away and the kid is like really into horror he has like all these models and action figures he's into the makeup and everything and then his aunt and uncle take care of him they become his guardians after his mother passes away and his uncle is extremely abusive. I wouldn't say extremely. Well, he's, just, he's a casual asshole. <laughs> I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. He's the kind, he has the kind of personality that doesn't stick around long if you're in creep Show. Fair enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, which he was played by Kevin Dillon of Blob and Entourage fame. Yeah. Um... And so the kid, he uh, finds a unique revenge. I won't spoil it, because I this is one of the few good stories from the season. So at least in our opinion. Yeah. Um, but it was a very fun story. Like um, I said, it
1: was good. Yeah. So
0: um, I would say overall, in terms of the series, it's probably in that, at least in the top half. Okay. Probably towards the middle or bottom portion of the top half of the stories of the series as a whole. Okay. The second story was freaking awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, And I'm just going to leave it at a core premise just to get anybody's attention that wants to watch it, because this is by far the best story of season two. But it's essentially a crossover between Creepshow and the Evil Dead. No, it's not essentially. It is. It is complete with a cameo that I will not spoil. But beyond that, the premise is basically a knockoff of Bob Ross versus the Evil Dead. It's really good. It's awesome.
1: It's really good.
0: And I I, I watched all these episodes, the Thursdays they dropped with Justin. Mm -hmm. And for the record, we're recording this on May 1st, so two days after the season has finished. With our release schedule of the podcast, I'm not sure when this will actually be up. But just for anybody listening, this is recorded pretty fresh after the season is finished. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when Justin and I finished that first episode, we was like, "If this is um, an any indication of things to come, this is going to be a really awesome season." <laughs> if only we knew.
1: <laughs> Hindsight's twenty twenty.
0: <laughs> <sighs> that. Phrase takes on a whole new meaning in this day. And age. Oh yeah. Um. So episode two. So, uh, episode two. Uh, the first story was okay. It's about a brother and sister, brother and sister owners of a bed and breakfast. Their grandmother was allegedly the first female serial killer, and they're basically trying to turn their bed and breakfast into a tourist attraction of stay at the bed and breakfast where the first female serial killer murdered her victims. Yeah. Um, but business just isn't going well. Um, they're trying to be like really hokey about how they're advertising and everything. Um, so eventually they decided, okay, let's bring in a YouTube influencer. as Not much even as I've, YouTube. Not just, their version of YouTube. Yeah. Well, it's just a streaming. It, one of those damn influencers. Yeah. Who God, basically who so basically much. visit? I I hate the term too, but we got creep show to talk about. But basically, yep. her shtick is she visits and reviews um, serial killer places. Like I think one of them was like Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment that you can get as an Airbnb or something like that. So she reviews places like that, and when she uh, first arrives, they start getting all these reservations, but then the more she goes into it, it's like, you know, this place really isn't that good, and then they start losing the reservations. And then the sister owner, played by Ali Larder, starts to get a little crazy. Bad shit. Yeah. And then we also have C. Thomas Howell as her brother and co-owner. He's just like, this is stupid. Yeah. He was very <laughs> chill about the whole thing. Yeah. She was very... Mm, Hmm, we need business, kind of person. No, she was more obsessed with the fact,
1: no, she was really the first female serial killer. Like, she was just like
0: the influencer starts poking holes in whether or not she was (laughs) the first female serial killer. And it was okay. I I, I liked the ending. Um, It was a good ending and an overall okay story. Um, I would say if it ended any other way we probably wouldn't be talking about it as favorably as we are eh. um, but it is overall just an okay story I don't mind watching it but I wouldn't miss it either if it were to just disappear off the face of the it's,
1: earth I don't know it's, I, I forgot about it until you mentioned it the other day again yeah. it's the, even though the second segment is a confusing I, I don't know, it, at least I remembered it <laughs>
0: So, so the second story in the second episode is about an exterminator, played by Eugene from The Walking Dead, and it it starts out with him finishing up an extermination job at a psychiatrist's office. The psychiatrist, played by Ashley Lawrence of Hellraiser fame, and he's kind of a, dir- a jerk. Um, he basically plants cockroaches at her place to get return business. Um, And he's eventually hired by Keith David to exterminate some homeless people from some property that he owns. An okay setup. Um, So he goes through with the job reluctantly, and then he started, the exterminator gets haunted by visions of like giant pests, like bugs, spiders, rats, and such. And he starts getting all insomniac because of it can't sleep. Then the ending happened. I don't get it. Um, so the ending is just one of those things, it's just like, how did we get here? It's like, it fe- what? Like, it literally felt like they cut a scene between the ending and the scene before the ending. Because it's like, it just kind of happens. Like, all of a sudden, like, basically... He is so just whacked out of his gourd. He's talking to Ashley Lawrence, the psychiatrist, and she's like, all right, all right, I'll get you some help. Take a nap or something. And then when he wakes up, he's the size of a bug. And then she, like, rolls up a magazine and smashes him. And then Keith, C- David comes back in as an exterminator. It's like, what? And maniacal laugh. Yeah.
1: It's like, what? <laughs> what a twist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like...
0: Like, when, when Justin and I were watching that, when, when she squished and we were like, okay, so this is kind of a dream sequence. We wonder what's going to happen when he wakes up. But then, no, the story just ends. And we were like, um... So then when I showed it to this guy over here, I was like, just tell us, does this story not make sense? Or are Justin and I missing something? Were we missing something? No. Okay. Was the story missing something? Yes. Okay. There was some context, and I would like it. Thank you. Um... But the practical effects and the bugs and pests were pretty cool. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on. <laughs> so in episode three, first story is actually directed by Joe Lynch of Holliston fame. Joe Lynch! Um, and he actually did two stories this season. And I actually liked both of the stories he did. Um, so the first story of episode three um, is about these two astronauts. And this story is very much a throwback to like old... Twilight zones that took place on spaceships. Like it's very much in the style of, we've all seen those 1950s and 60s sci-fi movies about space travel that were made in a time before space travel was even a thing. So this story is very much in that vein. And I think they nailed that aesthetic perfectly. And so there are these two astronauts, one of them invented this sort of gravity machine that can help out our planet in a lot of unique ways. And they're testing it out in space. And I'm not going to go into too much detail on this one because I did like this one. But they come to, they make first contact with aliens. And things don't quite go the way they hoped. Okay. Um, that one actually has Breck and Meyer, Meyer in it. Uh, Freddy's dead. And um, Garfield and uh, Rat Race haven't seen him in anything for a long time yeah he was really good in, in, in the mm, story good. that's good um yeah i i really liked this one justin was meh on it but i think i was talking about it with you outside of the podcast this story is there's nothing wrong with the story it's ultimately to come down to you're either into this aesthetic or you're not and don't forget
1: this story is of a theme that's like a hundred years before Justin's time, and he just can't grasp that type of concept. Yeah, he's very much stuck in the '80s,
0: and he refuses to go anywhere else. He's '80s, not '60s. Yeah. Okay, I guess that's where he and I differ.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon's actually everywhere. The um, uh, he's, he's in, omnipotent. He's in all times.
0: Yeah. He's like Q from Star Trek. Sure. <laughs> um, but no, I, I did. I did like this story. Um, and I, I thought the alien designs were pretty darn cool, and it's they kept it with, with like as like practical effects puppets, and much like the first season, when they do practical effects, it's really good. Good. So then, uh, story two for episode three is about this teenage girl talking to her guidance counselor at school, played by Molly Ringwald. Um, and she's convinced that her brother is trying to kill her and look, we, we don't need to talk about this one. I'm just going to leave it at this milk on a body. Yeah. She talks about her <laughs> friend's brother and how he's like, and how she was like fantasizing of him pouring milk on his totally ripped abs.
1: We're just going to leave that one at that. Let's move on to the next story. And, That's and enough. Then, and then she
0: also asks the guy his counselor, and this is the, the one funny joke in this story.
1: I say don't even spoil that if it's actually good, because I, I need to watch you, this You shit do want to watch it? I don't want to, but I need to. Um, I'm already committed to the season, so.
0: Okay. Um, if you've seen the story, the line starts with, it was like something out of a horror movie. It just went everywhere. Um... <laughs> Mark, show the lovely people your face right I, I, now. I
2: just don't know what to make like. Like when Zach said that sentence, like all I can think of was was when Zach was just describing the previous episode. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, I'm gonna need some context. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: would I. Um, but now, like, so this story is one where it's like it just felt sloppy to me and Justin. It's like the the actual concept of the story and the twists and turns that it takes are actually in concept really good. Um, But I feel like we could have done a better job with that outline. Uh, Like there's like a two minute scene that I felt like just literally just runs the gamut of the entirety of the human emotional spectrum. (laughs) Where it's like, oh, we're we're playing the sad music now. Okay. Uh, (laughs) We need to get over to hammy music. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah. Um,
2: (laughs) I don't need it good, I just need it by Thursday. (laughs)
0: Yeah, um, and Molly Ringwald was there for reasons. I, I guess they were able to find her.
2: <laughs> I, I <laughs> under what rock that she's
0: been under since not another teen movie. I I, um, I, I, I shouldn't be mean. I, I, I do like Molly Ringwald.
2: I do too. I mean, I, I guess Justin was happy because the 80s got to come back for a bit. Oh, Justin was not happy. This oh, Justin. This, this was...
0: Up until one of the later ones, this was Justin's pick for worst of the season. Oh, so it got worse. Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I said. Let's keep forward. Okay, episode four. Uh, The first story is the other Joe Lynch directed story. Uh, This one stars Barbara Crampton of Reanimator and From Beyond. And more recently, Jacob's Wife, which I've been hearing really good things about. Um... She plays the landlord of a really crappy apartment building, Mm -hmm. and basically there's something wrong with the pipes, so she calls a plumber, and basically she just wants the job done as cheaply as possible. And the plumber's like, lady, you got lead pipes in this building. You got kids living here. And, you know, she's an outright mega Karen, let's call it. Um mega Karen (laughs) okay yeah and so the issue with the pipes is there's actually like this clog monster in the pipes and there's actually some pretty cool uh, practical effects in this one Um, (laughs) but the real monster of course is Barbara Crampton's character so there's of course a creep show like comeuppance here which is pretty cool very simple story you know where it's gonna go when it starts but it is it is a Fun, but simple story. Okay. I enjoyed it. Okay. So did Justin. Um, It it doesn't reach the heights of other better stories, which is a shame considering my opinion of the season as a whole, but it is a good story, if a simple one. The second story is one I was really looking forward to. Uh, It's called Within the Walls of Madness. And has a Cthulhu-type creature in it. Not Cthulhu, but Cthulhu-type. Very much H.P. Lovecraft-inspired story. I was going to say, we could just say Lovecraftian. Lovecraftian story. Um, No, this doesn't reach that height. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. uh, And this this one, I I just keep struggling. I keep forgetting that this was a story in the series. But from what I do remember, there's this guy at a research outpost um, was at a research outpost and this is like seven as the subtitle says 72 hours after outbreak or something like that and basically he is being questioned about the potential murders of the two people uh, three people he was with Um, and really he keeps saying he didn't kill them it was these monsters that come in through the walls from another dimension and yeah, it
2: wasn't me. It was the one-armed man.
0: <laughs> um, this one was just boring. Like I was just bored by it. Um, I could see if I were to, if you were to read an outline, if you were to read to me an outline of this story, I'd be like, okay, I, I, there are some cool things that can be done with this, but just. I don't know, just like the actors didn't really connect with me, the stru- the flashback structure didn't really do much for me. Um, and then the actual creature effects at the end were just kind of subpar. It was it I need to go back and watch it again to say for sure, but it looks like dependent on which specific shot you're looking at, it was like a mix of practical CG, and I think they use a still photo for something. Oh god. <laughs> not 100% sure on that like I said yeah. need to watch it again but my first impression was not good n- no <laughs> um, alright so I, I was really hoping for some Cthulhu type madness at the end and it was you were left feeling unsatisfied as for flat as a wall <laughs> 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 did I... no don't even give me a rim shot for that one. Um, wow.
2: <laughs> Brandon's normally very proud of his puns or anybody making a pun in his state, but uh,
0: I uh, thought I was gonna have a lot more fun talking about this season than I actually am right now.
1: This is a dreadful. This
0: is this was a mistake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the final episode.
0: I don't wanna. All right. All right well, um, that's all for this episode. So, All right, so there's one brief behind-the-scenes thing about the season finale that should be mentioned. I'm not going to dwell on it, but the final episode is just one long story as opposed to the usual two 20-ish-minute segments. This is one long story. The episode itself was still around 40 minutes. Um, It was originally going to be two, But the second story starred Marilyn Manson, who, of course, is going through some stuff right now. And the producers decided to cut out his story from this. And so I knew that that was happening before the season premiere. And I was kind of wondering, are they going to keep the other story at the 20-minute length? Or are they going to try to extend it? They extended it. Um... So, this story had a concept, and not much story. Justin Long, play of, of Jeepers Creepers. I know, I didn't yep. hear it. Of course, of course. And, as his wife, is the actress who played Janet on The Good Place. You haven't seen The Good Place? No. no. Zach's seen The Good Place. So no. It was good seeing her again. I wish it was something better, though. Um, but... Justin Long plays an inventor who is bored with his marriage. um, And he invents what's called an immersapod, which is basically, it's a tanning bed. It's a tanning bed with a virtual reality helmet and a joystick in it. Um, And so basically it's a virtual reality machine that lets you be in any movie you want. So, Zach, if you wanted to be in Jaws, you can go into the Pod and be in Jaws. I think Zach would really like to be in Scream. Zach, you could be in Scream <laughs> 3. In Scream 3, and you could Fuck be you. the one who actually smells the gas.
1: <laughs> what does it say? <laughs>
2: God, that movie's a fucking dumpster that movie
0: is fire. That so great. Oh, so much better than what I'm talking about right now. Oh,
2: oh, God, that movie's a dumpster fire. Anyway. like,
0: Mark, you're the one who can actually see my face on the camera right now. Like, can you see the regret? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I can see the regret. I, I, I was jazzed talking about this season before we started recording, and, and now I'm just like, oh, this I
2: yeah <laughs> Dude, and, and that's the mission too is that you like we you were so jazzed in other you know other podcasts to talk about the first season because it was fucking great i love the first season so, and i, got I a chance, still love
0: the first season
2: and, and i got a chance to really watch it with you and watch several of the episodes and there and there was a bunch of them that were fucking fantastic including a great season finale yeah the um the uh, yeah, season
0: finale was a little and eh, but i i love the skin crawlers story though you like all the sweets um, anyway he
1: <laughs> um, won't admit
0: he has a problem
1: mm. fucking bag of Twix contraband in
0: our admitting you have a problem is the first step and also the last step um. <laughs> it's also the
2: first step of relapse <laughs> <laughs>
1: That joke was more entertaining than the entire season, too. Uh, Have to oblige. All right, all right,
0: right. I gotta get through this. (laughs) I gotta get through this. I I, I gotta do it. I gotta do it. You can do it, little guy. I have faith in you. I'm going to finish what I started as much as I really don't like it right now. Just do it. You Um, You
1: want me to do it for you?
0: You haven't even seen it.
1: I don't need to. I just have your description from yesterday.
0: Okay, so... Justin Long is obsessed with the movie Horror Express, starring Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. Oh. Um, so he puts himself into that movie. And at first, they actually did a really good job at inserting Justin Long into the Horror Express footage. They did a really good job at, like, matching the color, the grain structure of the old film stock. He looks like he was in the footage. Not easy. No. Not easy at all. So good job on that. Um... And so he's basically in love with the female lead of Horror Express, which for the record, I have not seen Horror Express. Justin has. Um, So one of us went into this story having seen the movie that they're taking so much footage from the other of us. No. So basically, he starts spending more time in Horror Express than in real life, which of course rubs his wife the wrong way. And so there are these extended periods of archive footage from Horror Express. And so it's like, I'm wondering if when they axed the Marilyn Manson story, if they just were just like, oh, we can play some extra archive footage from Horror Express to fill out the time. And after that initial Immersopod experience at the beginning, the matching of Justin Long into the archive footage... Let's say some shots were better than others, and there is one particular shot that was just embarrassing. Um, so it's like the cast of Horror Express is talking, and then you hear Justin Long saying, Oh, excuse me, pardon me. And he just, it's literally, it looks like just him walking in front of a green screen. Oh, there is no sense of him touching anybody in the frame. It's just like, Oh. Excuse me, part of me it just it looks, it just looks like they overlaid him. Dude, it's a little Over like footage.
2: some footage from like a really shitty sitcom. Yeah. And they're doing like some kind of flashback scene.
0: I'm pretty sure there were one or two shots where I caught the edges of the green screen around him. Oh god, they had spill, not spill. but oh. it was it was like maybe like one or two pixels of the green screen around him like oh, for like, like an like a, edge. The keystoning? Yeah. yeah. Um So,
2: there's that. Mm. So, so, Colin. So, when when you hear bad sound in a film mm-hmm. and it makes you, it's like you know, tra- you mm-hmm. know, on a chalkboard. That's what it's like for Zach when he sees a horrible visual effect. Oh, he yeah. literally loses his shit. I've seen him shout in a crowded theater um, uh, before um, <laughs> over a bad visual effect. Um, uh, hilarious, hilarious for me, embarrassing for everybody else. Yeah so brandon's so brandon's so sad
0: (laughs) (laughs) so then his wife goes into horror express she encounters the monster from the movie i don't know if this is a thing that the monster does because i haven't seen the actual movie hold on hold on so she goes inside of it Yes.
2: While he's inside no. of it. Okay, cool. No. I was like, I was like, is this like like the abyss where there's another separate machine no. that nobody knows? Okay. It's, or contact. She goes in. Oh, contact. In, yeah.
0: I believe she goes in when I he's asleep or something <laughs> like that. Ah. Uh, um, because she starts suspecting he's like having an affair with um the female lead because I believe she saw him laying in the immersopod naked. That's the thing I just said. I.
1: I yeah, I don't. I don't. Dude, you knew virtual porn was gonna come into the situation at some point here. But it's vir- if it's virtual, why do you have to be actually naked? It's more immersive, I guess.
0: Why do you think I have the answer to this?
2: Because <laughs> you spend too much time on the internet. That's why. You just got a point there. Because <laughs> we're giving more thought so, than the actual writers anyway.
0: do. Her eyes start bleeding. It looks like something out of a Hammer movie. Um, I don't know if that's the actual. I like. I don't know what the monster does in Horror Express. I assume it just like claw. I'm assuming it like mauls people or eats them or something like that. But anyway, when she's able to get out of the immersive pod, her eyes are bleeding like they were. Um, and I should mention that the way you control yourself in the immersive pod is there's that joystick I mentioned earlier and you use your thumb to basically control yourself in the movie. So then, Justin Long is pretending to be sick. She goes to work, and then when he thinks she's gone, he goes back to the Immersopod, and unbeknownst to him, she is actually back in the house, and she has some like garden shears with her, or, gar- or plant clippers or whatever. And She changes the movie on the hard drive from Horror Express to Night of the Living Dead So now he's in Night of the Living Dead and then she cuts his thumb off while he's in the Immersipod So he can't control himself anymore and he can't get out and so then the zombie horde from Night of the Living Dead They swarm upon him and before we can see what actually happens um, It fades it dissolves that comic book transition end of story so a series that is usually had consistently really good practical effects doesn't even show us the good stuff.
2: Right when it was just about to get interesting, yeah.
0: um, there were some uses of CGI in this season that weren't too great. Um, there is one use where you could chalk it up to that's just the style of the episode, but everything outside of that one shot, the CG just wasn't good. Like there's a CG tongue in episode three story two that just looked awful um i'm sure season one used some cg somewhere but i just can't think of any notable uses but season one was for the most part practical this one had quite a bit of cg in it and i think that was for the worse it just felt against the creep show aesthetic um Having no, having all nine stories be original stories and not pre-existing short stories as adaptations, I thought that was a detriment to the story or to the season. Um, because, like, yeah, the movies were Stephen King stories, but it's like with season one, they can highlight so many different short stories from different authors and felt like who knows what we're going to get next week it's there's so many different types of horror like the possibilities are em, are limitless whereas this season everything just kind of felt samey in a way mm. even though they were different stories everything felt like it was from the same ilk and it just didn't have that same feel of variety that the first season had and i don't feel like this season really used the comic book thing as much as it could have mm. um, because like i think i mentioned to you guys that these stories are filmed over the course of only like three days like these creep show like these creep show seasons have had very tight filming schedules and there's that werewolf story from season one where it has the werewolf transformations but of course we can't do like full-on werewolf transformations like we would like to because we're on a super tight film schedule um it's k and B effects so i'm sure they could have done a werewolf transformation they had the time but just simply don't have the time so they do like comic book pages flipping fast to show the transformation and that's using the aesthetic you have to overcome a limitation that you have on your schedule so it was using the so the first season i thought used the comic book aesthetic a lot more and a lot of times it did use it to its advantage to overcome limitations that they had whereas this season just kind of felt like We're going to have some page turns occasionally and maybe the occasional comic book panel transition between scenes, but nothing that really felt creative. Like it just felt like, okay, here's this transition from one scene to the next. So, whereas that werewolf transformation is that was using the comic book thing in a creative way. Um, A third season has been, has been greenlit Um, for all I know, I think Greg Nicotero has actually already shot season three, maybe. Uh Oh. Um, I hope it's better than season two. I hope they bring in some other short stories from other writers. I hope they adapt a Stephen King short story for season three. I love the creep show aesthetic. I want this show to succeed. But this season just was, with the exception of a couple stories, was just a letdown.
2: And on that shipper note, Brendan, why don't you take us out?
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Nightmares Podcast. You can listen to all of our previous episodes, wherever podcasts are available. Also, be sure to check us out on our social media, at Midwest Horror Network on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Slasher.
2: And, of course, if you are checking us out on YouTube, if you could be so awesome, to stab that like button, smash that subscribe, and click that little dingy bell to be notified every time we drop amazing content right here in MHN. Thank you so much for checking out this podcast, and we will see you all
1: next time. Bye.